0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition, August 17th, 2018, edition of best Talk. Well, and, you know. There's no denying it. Summer is really disappearing, evaporating very fast. August is more than half over, being the 17th of August. And school has begun in many places. School for kids. Well, it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter what the season Summer, autumn, winter, spring, it doesn't matter for us. There is one constant we all understand. Most people work hard for their money, and you want that money to work for you. You want to invest it well. You want a decent return on your investment. And that goal, of course, raises, raises questions. Will, well, I'm going to try to see if I can answer something else for you too, for you today. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk. Now, many of our regular listeners know that each Friday, we publish our KPP Premium Newsletter. We distribute it to our subscribers. And by the way, you too can subscribe through InvestTalk.com. Today, I'll go over some of the newsletter highlights. It is informative. It's information I think you should have. I really do. That's why I write it. For example, Thursday brought favorable news about China and tariffs, right? Well, Friday, though, was more sobering. It was, you know, consumer sentiment was not as high as expected. A little bit on the short side, Okay. So we're going to see, wait a minute, hold on. I got a computer problems here. There we go. Uh, We're going to see how how this all turns out, where it goes from here. You know, the, the tariffs issue has been on everybody's mind. Everybody's talking about it. And you know that I've been saying on the radio here that I think this is not that big of a deal. It will get resolved. Anyways. First thing we ought to do with this, right, to get this show underway is answer questions. That's what we like to do. And you can call our anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. Hi,
2: my name is Gio. I just want to say I love this show. Um, I'm calling here from San Francisco, and I've um, always listened to you on the radio. My question is um, I'm starting to get into stocks. I have a little money saved up, and I was wondering what would be good to invest in in at this time. Um, I do hope to hear. All right. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you. When you first started getting into the stock market, and it sounded like she is, that it's her first foray, 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 foray into the stock market, you probably should stay with index funds, and I always suggest ETFs. Buying individual stocks, you can't buy one or two, that's very high risk. Of course, you can do it. But you shouldn't do it. You should buy a group of stocks. And I like to say 15 to 20 as a minimum. 15 to 20 different stocks in different sectors. That means you had to have enough money to make it worthwhile. You know, you got a a few thousand dollars in each stock. But if you can't do that, then you go to the index, the ETF, Exchange Traded Fund indexes. There's the Dow, there's the Nasdaq, the S&P 500. And there's a lot more Russell 2000, Russell 5000. There's a lot of those indexes and a lot of different sector ETFs. And, but I would stay with the basic indexes when you're first starting off. Not try to get. Well, I'm going to pick this stock and that's the one that's going to you know give me 10,000 percent return over the next 10 years. That's not a good way to manage money. It's too risky and most people don't. I can't tell you what that next stock is going to be that goes up 10,000%. No one really knows. You manage a portfolio of stocks. That's how you do it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's our number. So what? So just what interesting information did I pack in today's KPP Premium Newsletter? Well, in the market conditions section, I reported that we had a poor start to the week as a full-blown currency crisis took hold in Turkey. Why it would affect us is beyond me, but it did, it does. You know, things that are disastrous worldwide, our stock market looks at it, it affects us. So this brought the markets, especially emerging markets, to their knees, really. The effects of tightening money policy from central banks starting to hit weaker economies as money floods out, into stronger economies. Remember, oh, we've been years and years, easy money. Now that's getting a little tighter. On Thursday, it was reported that China is re-engaging with the U.S. in tariff talks. And, of course, that, mar- that rallied the market because everybody's fearing the the war, the tariff war. So China wants to talk about it. And then today, Friday brought more news about, you know, a, a consumer that's... Doing okay, not as strong as he was, but it's doing pretty good. Remember, consumer spending drives our economy, so you really want to keep a, an eye on that. Now, what will this mean? A muted uh, uh, second half of the year if the consumer spending kind of starts to weaken? That's really the question, right? You want to keep an eye on that consumer. In the stock ideas section. I spotlighted a company that has captured huge sales share in the United States and tobacco industry and strong and a strong slice of the world's biggest beer maker. So the company's dividend is near five percent. Very attractive. And I also pointed out a big retailer that we we like. Expanding sales and internet presence, you should know about this. And and if if you subscribe to our queue KPP Premium Newsletter, You will know about these things. Now, the portfolio management section, we des- we decide. I decided to put in there something about fundamentals, which I do quite often. And three factors you should look at: cash flow from operations, enterprise value, return on ec- return on invested capital. Now, those are really, really imp- you know important. Factors. And return on invested capital is probably the most important. Consumer watch. I talked about auto insurance. And what are the limits? Do you have any idea how much limits you have for liability? So in other words, if you hit somebody, how much, how much money of coverage do you have if you hurt somebody? And is it enough? Do you have uninsured motorists? Those kinds of things. Now, you, you you too can subscribe. I mean, it's pretty easy. Premium, the premium newsletter published every Friday, you know, KPP Financial. We send it out every Friday in the morning. And you can head over and over to investtalk.com. Then under the InvestTalk link, click Premium Newsletter. Now, the Friday phones are now open. I'll be happy to talk to you. I'd love to hear from you. Our number is 888-99-CHART. So what's, what's our feature talking point today? Most small business owners lack a succession plan. Most of them do. What's the best way to control what happens to your business after you're gone? What should you do? Or should you do anything? Do you want to do anything? Some other topics I'm going to talk about today. What is the biggest risk right now to the stock market? And I'm not talking about trade. I don't think that's the biggest risk to me right now. But there's some of the other risks, one of the other biggest risks. And leading economic indicators, do you see the number? Productivity, do you see that number? These are very important numbers. What's it going to do the second half of the year? What does it mean? And finally, be aware of conventional wisdom when planning for retirement. I'm going to go over real quick what conventional wisdom is. And why you have to be careful of it. Because everybody's different. It's not that simple. Marco is up today. Dow was up 111 points. The the, uh, NASDAQ was up 10. And S&P up 9. So the NASDAQ was the weakest component by far. It was mostly in the negative territory most of the day. I'm returning to San Jose August 29th for a 101 portfolio review. Space is almost filled. If you want an appointment, I encourage you to register now at InvestTalk.com. I'd like to sit down with you. I can help you. I promise you that. There's no cost. None. No cost to meet with me. And there's no obligation either. None. And now the phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
3: a Friday Invest Talk. The weekend is almost here. Summer's hanging on, but not for much longer. The good news, Steve is back, the phone lines are open, and he's ready to answer your investment and finance questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk
1: to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? Good, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Okay. Hey, uh, I just have a. Uh, uh, uh,
2: what's your opinion on uh, C triple Q? and Charlie and QQQ.
1: Okay, let's take a look at that. Uh, C QQQ. Uh, I think it's
2: China's,
1: okay. China's uh, ETF. Ah, yeah, I see that. Vesco, Vesco's China ETF. Uh, let's see if I can get more information over here. Let's see if you can give me some. Yeah, here we go. And of course, we all know it's an exchange traded fund <laughs> corresponding to the um, Alpha Shares China Technology Index. So it's tracking China's <laughs> index. It's a good way. It's a good way uh, to diversify, Chris, into China's tech stocks. So if you wanted to focus some of your money on China's tech stocks. This is a good way to do it because you're tracking an index, and of course, there's high risk because those those stocks are very high growth, uh, and if they don't, you know, meet their ex- expectations, they get crushed pretty hard, and they have been falling. But if we get, you know, they've been falling hard. Uh, last couple of days is starting to perk up. If if trade talks work out, Chris, with us, you know, because China is now engaging us again talking about trade if that comes to any kind of fruition this is going to take off okay it'll take right off right now it's under pressure and it has been all almost all year because of the trade war talks so you you know you you have to roll a dice on the trade talks with this stock you know is it hit bottom well if the trade if the trade talks go well yeah this is the hit bottom it you know it's done it's starting. It's going to turn around and go up. If trade talks fail, it'll keep going down, Chris. So that's as simple as that. Wow. I mean, that it's, it's all it's all about the trade. Good luck with it, Chris. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We're going to go to Art, in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, get your
2: take on uh, Papa John's. Z Z Z A. It's uh, taking a hit. Papa John's Pizza. Starting to to
1: head back up. Well, you you know, it took a hit because of the CEO issue, right? You know that. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, Papa John's International, everybody, and it's about pizza, Papa John's Pizza. Franchise operates 5,200 pizza restaurants in all 50 states of the U.S. and 44 different countries. And it's fallen from... For the last year or so, from 72 73 uh, in that area, it went all the way down to about 3780, $37.85, $37.85. Now it's at 43 93 so it's starting to recover. Uh, value. It's going to make a dollar 85 next year. It's a $43 stock. So uh, it doesn't have a lot of growth, Art. The growth sales have shrunk. In the last two quarters, 5 and 6%. So it's, it, it's probably done as a growth stock, and therefore, you know, it should sell for a normal PE, 15, 18 PE, and that means it's only worth about $35. So i probably, I'd stay away from it because of valuation. Thanks for the call, Art. I appreciate it. This is Invest Talk everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and it's worth mentioning that this program, Invest Talk Radio, is just one of our integrated information education platforms. So yes, please tell your friends about Invest Talk Radio. But you can also tell them about you know, our Invest Talk podcast collection. You know, that we have a ton of them. Backlogs. You can listen to any of them. But now the phone lines are open and waiting for your, your finance, your financial questions, your money questions.
3: Thanks for listening to invest talk and remember that all the invest talk platforms broadcast radio live web streaming website resources and podcast replays are available free of charge tell your friends and family members and learn more anytime at investtalk.com and now the lines are open so call with your financial and investment questions 888-99-CHART
1: 888-992-4278. So, most small business owners and family businesses lack a succession plan. What's going to happen when you pass? You need to have a plan. You know, none of us are going to live forever. None of us. You can't. It just doesn't happen. It can't happen. So, you have to come up with a plan. Who's going to take over? Who's going to start running things? Uh, did you Have you trained somebody for that? You know, are you 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 putting in place your 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 uh, plan to move on? First of all, you should do it while you're still there. You know, uh, start training them, have them take responsibilities, have them uh, make decisions, but you can still be there. You could be the CEO and they could be the president. And so you can watch them, but you you really got to think about this especially if it's a family business and you have employees, you know you have responsibility to those employees and their, your family members. You have responsibility. You just, you know, this company that maybe you grew from scratch or you maybe you inherited, doesn't matter, has to keep going forward. And especially, it's just totally irresponsible and unfair to your employees and your family. Now, any small business... It's not fair to your employees for you not to have a succession plan in place as you get older. Or even when you're not that old, you know, because you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. You do have a responsibility. You have families that you're supporting with their your payroll of your company. You know, maybe you only have two or three employees, but you still need to think about their future, not your own future. Don't be selfish about this. Well, I'm not going to die. Yeah, you are. I don't plan on passing away. I don't plan on retiring. It's not going to be up to you. You'll be forced to retire because you, your mind might go. You know, And that happens often. You can't just keep going. One of the hardest things is dealing with an uh, an older person who should no longer be running the company but still is. Because of their age or whatever. Very difficult for them to give up control. But you need to give up control. At some point, you need to give up control. And wouldn't you want to give up control in a fashion that you design? Instead of just willy-nilly? You want to design that transition. Who gets control? Okay? What's the great thing about... Our, the, what is great about our Anytime Listener Line number is it never closes. You can call anytime you want. Here's a question that came in earlier, at 888-99-CHART.
0: Hi, Steve. This is Sanket from Boston. I had a very quick question. So I was reading an article the other day, and the article talked about insider trading. So what the article said was the best way to maximize your returns is to simulate um, what insiders are doing. So I was just wondering if there's any particular website or some kind of a tracker that updates you about, um, you know, maximum insider trading on a particular day. I was very curious to to, to see if there's some kind of a tracker and what your thoughts are on on, uh, simulating um, uh, this tracker. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks.
1: Okay, insider trading, meaning them buying and selling stocks. And I I will tell you this, them buying stocks, insiders buying stocks in the open market is much more important than selling. Why? A lot of the insiders, the, the upper echelon of management, get paid in stocks and shares of stocks. Okay, so when they want to realize that money, they have to sell the stock to put the money in their pocket to use for whatever they want to use so selling is not nearly as important so you can't look at the insider selling and say oh my the stock's going to go the company is really doing bad because insiders are selling insider buying is more meaningful because they go out into the marketplace remember insiders usually get stocks you know stock shares in some way from the company so if they're out there buying more in a marketplace that, that generally means that they're pretty positive now let me give you a little warning. Just because insiders are buying doesn't mean they're right. You know, I've seen many times when insiders buy in their own company and the stock doesn't you know keeps going down because they're wrong. They thought something great was going to happen, and they didn't. So don't use insiders buying or selling as any one factor in analyzing a company. It's just one of many factors that you should use. You know, you look at the sales and the profit margins and the return on equity and return on invested capital. You look at that information and decide whether it's good. Don't just think that, well, the insiders are buying, therefore it must be good, it's because you don't know that. You don't know why they're buying. It could be for other reasons, actually. So be very careful looking at just one, one fundamental factor. By the way, that is a good factor to look at. We look at it every time we analyze companies who's buying and selling inside the company and why try to decipher why but don't let that be the sole decision maker factor monday on invest talk amazon investors don't overlook second quarter metrics is there still plenty of reasons to expect more strong growth from amazon justin will be here to analyze the topic on monday but for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm at my desk. And I'm ready to take your calls your questions. 888 99 Chart.
0: We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Invest Talk Insiders and gain access to our library of webinars like Seeing the Cycles How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our Invest Talk listeners. Just click on the Invest Talk tab on investtalk.com.
3: InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, an independent financial advisor. If you are unclear about how best to allocate your workplace retirement account, such as a 401k, a 403b, or a 457, you should look into KPP Financial's Active 401k service. Active 401k will help guide your allocations every quarter. And you can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. You want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight is our number. We're going to go talk to James in Sonoma. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty well, Steve. Um, I want to talk today
2: about a little bit of um, defensive moves here. Um, I have a, okay. I I've retired now, and most of my 401 okay. k and uh, all of my IRA is are, are in dividend stocks. Uh, I'm looking to sort of uh, hedge against uh, should the market turn bearish here. And I know dividend stocks, what, in your opinion, what are the best things to do as far when it starts turning to turn into the bear? I mean, dividend stocks hold up well because of dividends. What would be, you know, the first, the second, the third, the fourth thing you would invest in other than cash? I mean, we, we can't all just go
1: to okay. cash right away, so. Now, we're talking about being defensive, right, James?
2: Yeah, you know, if all of a sudden, it, you know, it, it goes down 300 and then goes down 100 the next day and starts going a little bit, you no, know, it doesn't go up and down. With the political situation it is, one never knows. So
1: I'm just. Yeah,
2: okay. I've got dividend stocks. I'm just looking for what would be the second tier, third tier type of defensive maneuvers.
1: Okay. Well, high dividend stocks usually, uh, especially if they're bigger blue chip type stocks, that's the first tier which you already have uh, because they usually they they go down with the whole market. They just don't go down with the market. They don't go down as much because they're defensive yep. because as they go down you know, the dividend yield goes up and starts to attract people and people especially getting scared of the market but they still want to be in they'll move to those stocks and that stabilizes them then another good place to be is precious metals precious metals usually in a down market hold up very well or actually rise uh, usually in a if the dollar goes down you know precious metals goes up if there's war or insurrection or uncertainty precious metals usually go up and recently when i talk recently over recent years you know gold had done quite poorly okay and in recent months from may on it's really gone down hard so in a defensive because the, the market's held up pretty well so if you're looking for defensive stuff James you know precious metals is a good place to be And I would use an ETF or maybe uh, the gold miner's ETF. Not necessarily gold itself, but you can use gold. So let's go to a next more defensive move. Probably really short or ultra short bond funds uh, will probably work well. Even the longer bond funds, intermediate bond funds, because if the market starts to collapse, that might be the first sign of economy starting to slow down. And if the economy starts to go down, the Federal Reserve is going to lower rates. I know we're all talking about raising rates. I understand that. But we're talking about defensive in the future here. Maybe next year, you know, the year after. Bond funds are pretty darn defensive. They'll go because the Fed will lower their interest rates. And therefore, now I'm not talking about junk bonds, James. Not junk. High-quality bonds. Because junk yeah. bonds have too high of a default rate in a recession. Okay, so high quality bonds are pretty defensive uh, and actually can make you decent money if we are moving into recession because the Fed will lower rates. So those are different tiers that you could go to to be defensive. Of course, you know, cash is 100 percent defensive, but, you know, we're trying to make a little bit of money, you know, all the time. So, Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, James. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, give me a call, we'll talk to you, I want to talk to you. So what is the biggest risk to the market these days? If it's not trade, trade is a big risk, but I'm having a feeling, you know, we have possible uh, agreement going to be with Mexico here shortly, <coughs> at least that's the rumors. And now China wants to, we'll call it re-engage us, the U.S., but what are the what are the bigger risks besides trade that i see that is a, that could be a problem and and i think it's i i actually think it's the very high numbers we had in the most recent quarter from corporations their earnings their, their margins margins and earnings record numbers for a lot of them i think that's the risk there's because the ceos if you've been paying attention to their statements they're saying they see, they're seeing pressure from rising commodity price, so the inflation, rising com, rising commodity price. So that's what's inflation. They also see uh, they also see increased logistical costs rising, and they are fearing labor inflation. Now, this kind of you know hasn't shown up in the numbers, but this is what they're warning about in the future. The CEOs and When they talk about commodities, they point to, you know, oil being up 40% this year and still up 43% this year. They're looking at those numbers and saying, you know, those two areas impact a lot of different businesses. And that's when they say, that's where they're pointing at when they say commodity price inflation. You know, those kinds of things. So, remember, did we peak in our earnings and profit margins in the second quarter? Now we may not have, but it was very good. Very good. I think in our economic cycle we are past, well past the halfway mark, well past it. Maybe three quarters into the economic cycle, meaning maybe the next few quarters will be good, but we're past, we're past the, uh, the peak. I think. Now I don't want to say that. Because, you know, someone's going to say, oh, you were wrong, GDP was higher. This I'm, I'm saying, in this quarter, we might find the peak. This is the third quarter. Uh, but I'm thinking there's more risk to the, being, the, being we have seen the peak. There's more risk than that. The probability is that we've seen the, the peak. That doesn't mean the economy's going to recession tomorrow, or next quarter, or this year, or even next year necessarily. What it means is, We're probably close to our max. Now, I know if you listen to President Trump, it's going to be even better in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard to do. It's hard to do this late in the economic cycle. Hard to do. Uh, And have we seen all the benefits that we're going to see from the tax cut and the the, uh, reduction of of red tape? How are we going to see more growth? I mean, I think if he settles a trade dispute, I think that will spark another rally in the market. I actually think that's going to happen. But I'm thinking maybe GDP we've seen or very close to seeing the peak. You know, 4%, 4 4.5%. GDP growth, we might get that again this quarter, 4%, maybe. But I'm talking that's the peak. If that's the peak, you as an investor, it's your job to look forward, right? Look forward. So be aware and understand how economics works. It could come from left field. Something could happen bad. It could come from out of nowhere. The turkey thing. How many of you thought that Turkey's lira, uh, you know, and their economy is going to crash? You know, just kind of, you know, no one's watching it. I mean, it's not in the news. So, but I don't really think it's going to affect us that much in our market. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin Justin and I do our very best to make every hour that we do on this show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m., Pacific time, to give you information, be transformation in your life, as far as investment strategies and education. Now, our objective is uh, making it easier for you to attain your financial goals. I, I like sitting down here on the Best Talk microphone each afternoon, Tuesday through Friday. And please, take a moment to subscribe to the Best Talk podcast on iTunes. Or, uh, I never get this right, spot, spot, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. there you go. Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And you can rate and review the show, too. We'd love to have to do that. This helps everyone in the Best Talk community. It really does. Right now, the desktop phone lines are open and waiting for your questions, 888-99-CHARGE.
3: The registration window for Steve Peasley's August 29th portfolio review appointments in San Jose is about to close. When all his allocated appointment slots are full, you will have missed the opportunity to meet in person with Steve to get his portfolio planning guidance. Portfolio review appointments are offered at no cost and with no required commitment. So mark your calendar, August 29th in San Jose, and register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, and speaking of Steve, he's back, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART.
0: Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Eric in Louisville. I really enjoy the show. I wanted to know your thoughts on iHeartMedia. I H R T Q I know they've gone through bankruptcy
1: and have been doing a lot of restructuring thought maybe this might be a good time to get involved. Uh, thanks for the show and look forward to your answers. Frankly, I'm not sure why you'd want to buy something that's bankrupt and coming out of bankruptcy. I mean, it's already proven that they're very weak because they've got the bankruptcy Uh, and it's a 51 cent stock. Um, and I don't know where they are in the coming out of bankruptcy process. Are they actually out of bankruptcy? Have they really uh, done all the work to get through that process? And I, I'm feeling that they haven't. Um, I don't think they're done. Uh, so I, pro- I I would stay away from it. This is like a penny stock to me. Why do you want to buy a business that's bankrupt? What, what makes you think that's a good investment? I mean, what's in your mind that, you know, You like the concept, but they haven't been able to make money at it. So how now they're going to make money at it? I'm just not convinced myself that it would be. I would not buy any kind of stock coming out of bankruptcy. It just, to me, does not make sense. It's a waste of your money. Now, having said that, of course, it could come out and do really great, and you missed a great opportunity. But this is like going to Las Vegas and putting your money on a roulette wheel on red. Okay. It could work, but it's not really an investment. It's gambling. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'd stay away from it. I-H-R-T-Q. You know what the Q stands for? Bankruptcy. Whenever you have a Q on the end of a stock symbol, that means it's in bankruptcy or coming out of bankruptcy or usually in bankruptcy. So I don't think it's come out yet. All right, radio, everybody. 888-99-CHART, leading economic indicators. I talk about that every time it comes up because it's important. They're up six-tenths of 1%. That's a very big number. They were up five-tenths of 1% in June. This is the number for July, by the way, not August. So both those numbers were big. What was the biggest component? Okay, leading economic indicators have 10 components. Okay, it's made up of 10 components. One of those components is the stock market itself. What were the biggest component? What was the biggest uh, most important part of this particular report was business orders for new 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 items? Business orders. The order for new things. It was particularly strong this time around. This is telling you that going forward, less this year, we're going to have a pretty strong GDP number. 3% or higher. That's what this report is telling us. Now, you also know that I am kind of keen on uh, not only the leading economic indicators, but also the quarterly productivity numbers. And I've been whining how weak it's been for a number of years now. And last quarter, which would have been the first quarter of this year, it was up three-tenths of 1%. It was expected to be up 2.4%. That was the expectation, which is a decent number. Came in at 2.9%. That's a very good number. So productivity really sparked. Now, what was really interesting about this report is there's also the unit labor cost part of this report. That's also on a quarterly basis. Unit labor costs actually went down 9 tenths of 1%. It was up in the first quarter 3.4%. Labor costs went down almost 1% in the second quarter. Of course, that means productivity really shot up. I mean, that, w- that would push productivity up. The costs to produce went down, labor costs. Very interesting report, I thought. So, um, actually, it's pretty good news I because productivity goes to our quality of life. The more productive we are, the better our quality of life is. So, you really want to see that. And we've had years of sub 2.5%. I mean, we have, you know, the that's rare. And this is 2.9. I mean, we've had zero shrinkage. Those are really bad times when it, the number of zero are shrinking. It really is. Now, here's an investing term you should know. Qualification ratio. Qualification ratio. A qualification ratio notes the proportion of either debt to income or housing expense to income qualification ratio. You're going to qualify. Mortgage lenders use qualification ratios to determine a borrower's credit worthiness. How much, you know, usually you want it to be in a 35-36% ratio. So, 35-36% of your income to pay the loan payment. Your gross income. If it's more than that, lenders don't like it. It scares them. Well now we are just about 12 minutes shy of the official weekend. That's really nice. The show is almost over, but we'll still got, we still have about 10 minutes left, everybody. So welcome to your financial investing questions, 88899 99 Shark.
3: Invest Talk Amazon investors do not overlook second quarter metrics. Justin Klein will explore this topic on Monday. But now, Steve is back and he's ready for your questions. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 Chart.
1: 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to Lee in San Mateo. How are you doing, Lee? Hey, I'm just fine. Thank you so much for taking my call.
2: I really enjoyed the well, show. Huh? Uh, I'm looking into Vanguard Growth Fund, tickle symbol yes. G-I-T-A-S, or ETF-D-U-G. And I mm-hmm. want to hear your thoughts. Is it a little too late to get in? What do you think? Uh,
1: I think it's too late to get in, yes. Uh, it's had a very, very good run over a very, very long, long period of time. Doesn't mean it will stop Uh running, Lee, but I think you would have a better luck with value fund, the Vanguard Value Index, okay, as opposed to the Uh Vanguard Growth Index. And the only reason I say that, Lee, is because growth has worked so well over many years, since like 2009, okay? It's done very, very well, and we have the FANG stocks that really took off last year, this year, the Fang mm-hmm. stocks are starting to suffer a couple of many ways. I, I still like Apple and you know uh, Google, but what's yep. happened is uh-huh. they're they're not they've already ran really high. So any kind of weakness in the economy, any you're, these things are going to fall harder than the value funds. So I would suggest the value index, and they have not worked as well this year, just like they didn't work last year or the year before. But at some point, the growth stocks hand off to the value stocks. And I think we're closer to that than anybody realizes. Just my opinion. I see. Okay, thank you for oh. the call, Lee. Appreciate it. That, for everybody else, that was Vanguard Growth Index, the Admiral Fund of theirs, V-I-G-A-X. And yes, you look at a chart of that, you'll go, wow, that's, that's really done well. And it has. It has. But see, don't invest looking at the rearview mirror. You're looking. You're the best looking at the windshield. What's going to happen, not what did happen. And that's one of the one of the problems a lot of people have. They see something happening and they like the way it's worked, and they jump in. Well, that doesn't that doesn't mean it's wrong. It means that you're late to the party, and you don't want to be late to the party. Okay. Do you know what conventional wisdom is when it comes to planning your retirement? Okay, really what it is, is of your investments that you have, you can take 4, 4.5% four of the money out. Theoretically, that money will last forever. You'll never really get into your principal if you only take 4, or four 4.5% out a year. And then you live on that and Social Security. That's your two main sources of income in retirement. Now, that only applies to a lot, probably a majority of people, but not to everybody. You have to look at your own personal lifestyle, your own personal expenses, and you know how much that's going to change in retirement. And let me give you a little warning. You don't really change a lot in retirement. In fact, a lot of people spend a lot more money or at least more money in retirement because you want to enjoy your retirement. Yeah, you'll save money on not paying for gas to and from work and not buying work clothes or whatever. But generally, you now want to, and justifiably so, enjoy your retirement. So you might want to take more vacations. You might want to buy a boat or uh, thinking about buying a cabin in the mountains or whatever. And these things cost money that you no longer have an active income. So... Also, you might have hobbies that are very, very expensive. And when you don't have a working income coming in to help pay for those, they don't go away. So that 4% rule and living social security numbers, that just applies to the bulk of people, not everybody. So you have to be careful with what you want. And you know what? You just have to go through the math. Okay. How much money do I spend now? Okay. How much money income have now? Okay how much money am i going to spend in retirement how much income am i going to have in retirement figure it out figure do the math okay so and i'm telling you your your spending may not go down that's one of the reasons why i tell everybody that want to listen will listen to me is to pay off your mortgage because there's a there's an expense that can go away in retirement well, thanks for your participation. We have completed another informative Talk program. Remember, if you want to replay any or all of today's program, you can do so on demand from the podcast page at investtalk.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and please come back, Monday. Have a great weekend. I'm Steve Peasley, and good night.